This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Everything that you are, have your way in me. You know, this is the prayer, isn't it? This should be our desire to honour the Lord God and to bring glory and praise to all that he is, because he is worthy of praise. Let's start with an amen, shall we? You know, the Lord is good. He is good. Today, as you know, is Palm Sunday, and it marks Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and the start, as we know, of Passion Week, that week that brought about all that we needed today, all that we as human beings are ever going to need is brought about in this week, that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, would enter Jerusalem knowing on his way to the cross coming Good Friday And then on Sunday, we rejoice because he is risen. Amen. Now, the thing is, is we know about Palm Sunday, I'm sure. But right back from being young tots that we've been taught, perhaps in Sunday school, maybe we've seen it uh, in one place or another. And we know about Palm Sunday. We know that Jesus gets a donkey, a donkey's colt, and he rides it into Jerusalem. And the people are there to place their cloaks and the branches on the floor to celebrate and shout, Hosanna, the the son of David. There's a stark difference to that and Friday, isn't there? There is a stark difference between that and Friday. But as they laid down their cloaks, as the palm branches were laid down, they were there for the king to walk on. But I, I wonder whether you've ever asked the question, Why? Why would Jesus go to Jerusalem? Now, you might think to yourself, well, no, I've never asked the question, because why would I ask the question? Because he's the son of God. That's what he was always going to do. Why? Now, I don't know about you this morning, but there are so many different situations that I know just a little bit about. And I think to myself, do I really want to step into what tomorrow's going to bring? Whether that's going back to work, if you've had a week or so off holiday, Joe. Whether whether that be um, maybe a situation that you know is going to bring heartache and trouble. And you know full well that the moment that you step into it, it's going to bring about just an ounce of grief. And you think, I just don't want to. I don't want to go there. Jesus knew full well what was going to happen when he went to Jerusalem. But in the first instance, they welcomed him as the son of David, King, Messiah, Hosanna. And maybe I wonder, as we delve into the question as to why Jesus would go, I've got a few little ideas that maybe we can just tick off together. I wonder whether Jesus thought, right, I've got to go to Jerusalem because that's what it says in the Old Testament. That's what the prophets declared that hundreds of years before I was born, that they said that I was going to go into Jerusalem. 
maybe it's because he thought, well, you know, getting a donkey or a donkey's colt's not hard work. We'll go and get that and we'll just fulfill the prophecy that's there. If you have a look in Zechariah 9 and verse 9, and you'll see as well in Isaiah 62 verse 11, but we're just going to have a look at Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And you see there that prophecy tells us that exactly what's going to happen hundreds of years before this comes about. So maybe this morning we could say, well, Jesus went to Jerusalem because of the Old Testament prophecy. That's why he went. I wonder whether you've ever thought that maybe Jesus went for his own personal gain, perhaps. You know, that as he went into Jerusalem, they shouted Hosanna to the king. Maybe as the Jewish nation was so desperate for the Messiah to come as this king riding on a noble steed to, to waltz into Jerusalem and kick Rome out. That's what they were after. And maybe Jesus thought, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ride in there. And I'm going to take Jerusalem. And I'm going to be king. But we see in Luke chapter 20, if you've got your Bibles, again, just turn to it. I've tried to highlight most of these verses, but if it looks like I'm waffling just for a moment, it's because I'm trying to find it. Luke chapter 20 and verse 17 through 19. Let's just have a look what that says. Jesus looked directly at them and asked then what is the meaning of that which is written? And listen to what he says here. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Jesus knew that he wasn't going to go in there as king. He knew full well that there was not a possibility that he was going to get any personal gain out of this entrance into Jerusalem whatsoever. In fact, he tells them here, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Pharisees knew that he was talking about them. The teachers of the law, they knew they rejected him. He knew they rejected him. That was never going to happen that he was going to rule over Jerusalem at that point. So then we have to sort of throw that one out there. And we also know that he rode in not on a noble steed, but quite the opposite. A donkey that speaks of humility and peace. And Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, showing that, no, it wasn't for personal gain whatsoever. I wonder whether you've ever thought of, uh, of this one. Anybody ever thought of Jesus as a trouble causer? Well, you've never read your Bible. Because, just listen, you know... We think about this situation. We think, well, perhaps, you know, Jesus went in there and he wanted to cause some trouble. Jesus wanted to disrupt the whole circle that had encapsulated the Jewish nation. That this is what we've got to do. And the rulers and the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord made themselves higher than everybody else and said, we'll rule over you and we'll tell you exactly what to do because they were all posh English. 
And they'd made up this religion that seemed to encircle everything that they were doing. But actually, in that, they were missing the point. Really easy, church, yeah? Really easy to put on the cloak of religion and say, look, I'm a Christian. I'm doing, I'm a Christian. I go to church. And we miss the point. The relationship with a saviour. Amen. And, you know, Jesus perhaps wanted to go in there and to cause trouble, to disrupt it just enough so that they could lift their eyes for a moment and go, what are we doing? Just have a look at Luke 19 and verse 45 through 47. Then this is Jesus. He entered the temple area and began driving out those who were selling. It was written, he said to them, my house will become a house, uh, will become a, will be, sorry, a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple. But the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find a way to do it because all the people hung on his words. And then two, if we just have a look at Luke 20, verse 1 through 8. This is where they question the authority of Jesus. One day as he was teaching the people, think of this, and remember, the trouble causer. The one, uh, one day he was teaching in the temple course and preaching the gospel. That's the good news about... That's the good news about Jesus, amen? Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, we don't know where it was from. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. You see, you read those two pieces of scripture where he turfs them out of the temple and where he won't answer the question because he knows full well they're trying to trip him up. So he goes back to them with a question that they know full well that he's trying to trip them up. He ain't messing about. And if we have a look a little bit further on, we can see then actually that in this situation that Jesus is just trying to put in place what needs to be put into place. Because we know that Jesus isn't, don't we? He isn't trying to cause trouble to stir up dissension in the sense that, that he's going to overthrow Jerusalem. But rather, if you think about when Jesus was arrested a little bit later on in the story, Luke twenty-two forty-seven through 53, they come at night to the garden to arrest Jesus. And he says, why, why have you come at night? <laughs> I've been in the temple all this time and you've not arrested me. Yet you come in the cloak of darkness. Why? But in that moment, the disciples decide that actually we're going to fight. So out the sword comes and they lop off one of the guard's ears. Up the revolution. And Jesus says, no, no, no. We're not here for that. We're not here to start a war. We're not here for violence and for trouble. We're here for life and for love. And because he is the very son of God, he places the man's ear back on his face and heals him. And still they arrest him. Have you thought about that before? And still they arrest him. I wonder if the guy who just had his ear put on went, you're on your own, guys. I, I, 
this guy's special. My ear is back on. This is my realization in the moment. So if Jesus coming to Jerusalem is not to cause trouble, and it wasn't for personal gain, and it wasn't just to fulfill prophecy, as he too would understand as he carried on reading, that if he goes in to fulfill prophecy, then fulfill through that word he will. (laughs) It's easy for me to say. He will indeed fulfill that prophecy because the prophecy tells us that he will be crucified. He went up to Jerusalem regardless of knowing all of that and understanding what it meant. So I'll ask us the question again. Why, why would Jesus go up to Jerusalem? 1 John 4 And verse 16 says this, God is love. God is love. John 3, verse 16, you know it well, it's above me. Have you ever read on to verse 17? Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loved us enough to give us Jesus. Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save. Amen. Romans 5 and verse 8. Anybody turn into these? You're just waiting for the screen. Alistair, be slow because I've got to find these. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did Jesus go up to Jerusalem? Why would he do that? Why would he go knowing that he would meet his final point? Why would he do that? It seems crackers. You can't justify it other than the one word that is love. There is no other way to bring about the conclusion as to why Jesus did it. And Jesus did it because he loves you. He did it because of you this morning. Just think about that for a minute. Don't think about the person to the left or the right. Or all those people that have gone before us. Estimated 108 billion 108 billion people so far on planet earth you're currently one of seven point something billion people i'm talking to you god says i love you enough to send jesus for you and jesus says this morning i love you that's why i went that's why i went to jerusalem because of you And church, let me tell you this morning, if you were the only person, he'd have still gone. He'd have still gone. Because you might not think it, but let me tell you, God says this morning, you're worth it. You are absolutely worth it. And Jesus was willing to give his life in your place. 
Jesus went because of love. Love took him there. Love drove him to fulfill prophecy. Love enabled him to endure the scorn and the shame and ultimately execution. Love drove him to do all that we see this morning. And I want to ask you this question. How can we be so sure? Don't just take my word for it. How can we be so sure that that's what love did? How can we be so sure that God's motive, that Jesus' motive was love? How do we know? 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8 says this. Love never fails. How do I know? How did God know when he penned that letter through Zechariah? How did he know? That Jesus would go to Jerusalem. He would find a donkey and he would ride in. How did he know that he'd be lofted up on a, on a cross? How did he know that Jesus was going to be obedient? How did he know? Because love never fails. It never, ever fails. The agape love that comes only from God. Church, this morning we can be sure that it never, ever fails. The Bible tells us, God shows us throughout history. He shows us here this morning because there's an empty cross. Amen? He loves us enough to give his very best for us. And I want a personal challenge this morning. This is for you. You know, we have reasons and actions for doing uh, decisions that we take for our actions. Lots of different reasons for doing what we do. There are reasons to step, aren't there? There are reasons to stand still. There are reasons to do these things. All of the things that are out in front of us in our life. But I want to challenge us this morning. As we think about this Easter week. As we understand the reason that Jesus did what he did. The reason was love. And the perspective that that gives you and I on our day-to-day basis. Let the reason be love that we do what we do. Let the reason be love that we put others before ourselves. Not personal gain or hidden motive, but love. The reason that we make somebody a cup of tea. The reason that we sit down at the side of somebody and just listen. The reason that we go out of our way to make somebody comfortable. Why? Because of love. Not for any other reason. And church, this morning, this is our encouragement that God says to us, let the reason be love. I was listening to a, a, a pastor earlier in the week talk a, about love. And he was saying that let love live through you. Let God's love live through us. And this is it, isn't it? That we become that vessel that carries the Holy Spirit to, to live out this life for Christ. And we become reflectors, radiance of God's glory because we're ready to love people. Amen. Let that be our reason and our motive this morning, that we are loved beyond measure. It's okay, come. Let's just pray, shall we? Father God, we just want to thank you for your love. We want to thank you for Jesus, who knowing what was to come, went up to Jerusalem. Father, he was greeted as a king, only to endure what was to follow. We want to lift your name high this morning. We want to lift the name of Jesus, our King. We want to lift him high. 
And we want to ask that you might help us to live out love, to let love be our reason. And Father, we pray right now that you might just continue to bless us, strengthen us, uphold us, we pray. We ask all of these things in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.